snap is back, ball is down, the kick is blocked, they got it! Denzel Ward blocked the field goal try, and that's the end of the first half. Can Denzel Ward do anything else? When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. 50, Nick Chubb! Hasta la vista, baby! Nick Chubb! Touchdown! What a catch by Landry! What's going on, everybody? It's Maddie B back on the ones and twos. It's the Back Row Brown Show. We are back for our week two matchup here, going to be on Thursday against the Cincy Kitties. We've got a, a good one, I think, a very important matchup as well for the Browns. Uh, you know, this podcast will be dropping Wednesday, so this game will be technically tomorrow. Some of you, I'm sure, will not listen to this until the day of game day, which is Thursday. Can't wait. This is a really crucial game already for the Browns, I think, unfortunately. Not a lot of news has come out, so we're just going to jump right in and we are going to talk about and preview our game between, again, the Cleveland Browns, our Cleveland Browns, the dog pound at home, the Cincy Kitties coming in to play us in Cleveland. We eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm going to hit you. Y'all not going to be able to do that. You don't want no problems, bro. You are my boy. I'm a man. It's about to get ugly. All right, so let's start on the defensive side of the ball. We've already had a bunch of players ruled out, unfortunately. Talked about it on the podcast just the other day on how bad I thought the defense looked. Obviously, the injuries are killing us. We've already had a bunch of players ruled out in this one. Mac Wilson, we kind of figured Jacob Phillips, Kevin Johnson, nobody really expected those guys to come back and play anyways. We know that those were multiple-week injuries. Uh, Olivier Vernon is listed listed as questionable, as is Jarvis Landry, Jack Conklin, Chris Hubbard, J.C. Treader, and Jedrick Wills Jr. I'm not as worried about Treader and Wills. I think both of them are likely going to play, uh, you know, the... Not Treader, I'm sorry. Wills had uh, x-rays today. Those came back negative on his leg. So they said it's a little too early to tell if he'll play Thursday, but I feel like there's a good shot that he's going to. So I'm not as worried about Wills. Treader, I think he's just questionable because he's coming back from the injury and they have to list him on the uh, injury report if he doesn't practice, which I think is what's happening with Treader. Let's see here. Conklin, I am a little bit worried about. He's not practiced so far all week. He's got a finger injury and an ankle injury. So... Obviously, if he's out, 
you would be relying on Chris Hubbard. Well, Chris Hubbard is now questionable too, so that does worry me a lot. Obviously, again, Chris Hubbard was not great for us last year, but he's at least serviceable at that right tackle spot. We're not putting in a guy off the streets, and and that's likely what could happen if both of these guys miss. I'm obviously hoping Conklin can come back. We'll see what happens. Olivier Vernon, he's uh, got an abdomen injury. He is listed as questionable for Thursday night. That's about all that I've seen. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how much that's going to matter. Uh, he did not do much for us against the Ravens to begin with. Neither did Miles Garrett, if we're being honest with ourselves. Uh, so I'm not really sure what to think on the Vernon injury. Obviously, we want him out there. He He's a talented player who can bring a lot opposite of Garrett. And then Jarvis Landry. I was a little bit worried when I saw this at first. I'm starting to kind of not worry about it as much. He's listed as questionable due to his hip. That's where he had all of his issues last year, the injury in the offseason, the surgery and everything. So he should be good to go. I think, again, same thing as J.C. Treader. It's one of those things where he hasn't been practicing that much, and so if you're not practicing, you have to be listed on the injury report as to why. So that's why they've got him on there. So I'm not quite as worried about Landry as, as I was when I first read that story, if you guys kind of saw that. For the Bengals side, though, they're they're looking and sitting pretty right now. They've got two of their defensive tackles in Mike Daniels and Geno Atkins out, and then their safety, Sean Williams, and that's about it. So they're coming in pretty damn healthy, which is not good against our defense. Uh, you know, we've struggled to stop the run in the past. Uh, I do think for the most part we did a good job against that in Baltimore. Uh, obviously, Lamar kind of ate us up, but we, we kind of held Ingram and Dobbins in check a little bit there. We have not been able to hold Joe Mixon in check during his entire career. I honestly feel like when he wakes up, schedule release days, and he looks at the schedule, and he's like, all right, when am I playing the Browns? Because I know that those are going to be my get-right days. We need to stop him this this week, tomorrow, Thursday night. If we want any shot at winning this game, we need to put all of this on Joe Burrow. We cannot let Mixon beat us for 100-plus yards on the ground, couple touchdowns. If he does that... We are going to lose the game, in my opinion. They have got to stop Mixon, and they've got to put all this on Burrow. I know Burrow looked good in his Sunday night game or Sunday afternoon game against the Chargers. First start as a rookie there, looked good against the Chargers, but he also got sacked a lot, made some bad plays. I do think, obviously, he's still a rookie. This is just his second game of real action. Again, as I talked about on the podcast when I recapped everything, no live hitting, no nothing so far this offseason for any of these teams. So this is Burrow's second game in the NFL without practice, without anything else. I do think they need to put all the pressure on him. While I do think he is a good enough QB mentally to possibly overcome anything that the Browns throw at him, I do think they need to put that on his shoulders, take Mixon away as much as possible. It's going to be interesting watching them go up against that secondary. Obviously, Denzel Ward... I don't know who he'll lock up on, whether it's Green, if he tries to move with Boyd. I think those are obviously the big two guys you want to watch out for on the Bengals' side. Uh, Green uh, had a better game than Boyd did last week uh, for the, the Bengals. Boyd really actually did not do much of anything. But, I mean, as I mentioned, Greedy is out, so we've not, we don't have him over there. You know, Sandejo and Redwine at the safety positions did not look good. Neither really did Carl Joseph. We, we should have Ronnie Harrison playing a lot more, which I'm excited about. I thought that was a great move uh, to get him from the Jaguars. I think a lot of it was just him coming over so late. Has been there now for a while, so hopefully he'll get some run here with the starters uh, in this game against the Bengals. But they're going to have to rely on guys like MJ Stewart, and Terrence Mitchell uh, to kind of cover this other side outside of, uh, and, and Tavaria Thomas. 
I think I said Thomas already. My bad. Uh, they're going to have to rely on them to kind of shut guys down opposite of Ward. I'm obviously terrified of this linebacker core. I've talked about it. With the injuries we've suffered, I think that's going to be our biggest weakness all year long. I did like what I saw out of Goodson, though. I was worried he might not play due to the personal reasons that he had going on, but he was out there, and he looked really good. Sion Takitaki had moments, but I'm still not 100% on him being as good as possibly... Uh, my goodness, John Dorsey and them thought they were that he was going to be when they drafted him. Due to the injuries to this linebacking core, they did just bring up uh, Montrell Mender, M- Meter. I'm horrible pronouncing names, guys. I apologize. From their practice squad to the active roster, I do think he's going to get some run here. It, it's it's no doubt that again. They've just been decimated with injuries here in that secondary and the linebacking course, so they're going to rely on him. Uh, you know, I would like to see more out of Porter Gustin this week. He was a guy that was getting a lot of talk in camp and and really did not – I didn't even think he was on the field on Sunday. That's that's how bad he was. He never even got his name called, in my opinion. So Jacob Phillips, who made a couple good plays, he is out now with the knee. Uh, and then they've got Malcolm Smith there as well. So we'll see. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with these guys. I'd imagine uh, Meter's not going to get a whole lot of play. But adding that depth, obviously, is going to be huge for them. Again, suffering as many injuries as they have. I guess we'll move on to special teams again. Defense, like I said, you know, just the final recap on them. You've got to stop mixing uh, and, and let Burrow beat you. If Burrow beats you, it is what it is. But you cannot let them control the clock and, and just have Mixon run it down your throat the entire game. I do need to see Miles Garrett step up as well. Like, what the actual fuck? I honestly, I know he had some pressures and everything on Lamar Jackson, but he just did not look out, look to be out there at times, did not have a great game. We need him to step up big in this one. We need him to get after Burrow, pressure him, get him moving around. So Miles Garrett needs to step up as well in this game. Special teams, not a lot to address here. They did let go of Austin Seibert. I believe I mentioned that the other day. If not, I apologize. I was still kind of, well, yeah, you know, pretty upset after the way that that game went down. Uh, They did add the double stoinker, Cody Parkey. I kid when I say that, obviously. He did have a good year for Chicago up until that double stoink in the playoffs. Um, Again, and I know I did mention this on Monday's podcast, actually, now I think about it. I'm still a little bit worried about that because if Parkey was so good in the practices and everything, then why did he end up on the practice squad? behind Cybert. I'm a little bit worried about that, but he is our new kicker now as they let go of Cybert, and he actually signs with Cincinnati. On the offensive side of the ball, I mean, this it's going to be interesting, I guess. We need to see a huge step up from Baker in this game, but I'm not sure that it's going to happen. Starting on the offensive line first, obviously, if Wills and Conklin play, I'm, I'm good. I think that they'll be able to handle anything Cincinnati throws at them. I still think the Browns, if all those guys are healthy, still have a really good offensive line. I'd say top 12 to 15. Wills is still learning the position, but I think he's talented enough to kind of hold his own for the most part at that left tackle spot. But it's definitely something to watch out for. Conklin and him both listed as questionable. I expect them to play, but if they don't, this we could be in for a, a rough game again for Baker. And the running attack, obviously, I want to see Nick Chubb get more involved. He looked really good against Baltimore early on, and I get it. I listened to a lot of the interviews that Kevin Stefanski gave 
uh, throughout the week and saying that, you know, when that game starts to get away from you, it's kind of hard to keep relying on the run. It's really not. Uh, the game, in my opinion, was not that far out of reach up until about mid-third quarter. You can still run the ball. If you're down two touchdowns, you can run the ball. It, it, we're not playing Madden here on accelerated clock. You're talking about 15-minute quarters in the NFL. You can still run the ball. Your defense was playing good enough. They got a bunch of stops against Baltimore. If you'd have kept running the ball and having success, which I do think Chubb was at times, you could have you, you know you could have kept doing that. So I think they need to run the ball with Chubb. I'm not you know scared of this defensive front for Cincinnati. So I do think that they could have some success. I think they need to start putting both him and Hunt on the field together. Whether it's just to fake out the defense, it doesn't matter. you got to start throwing some different looks at defenders. If all you do is have Chubb out there and then you just bring Hunt in, well, yes, some guys, some defensive players are not going to know for sure if you're going to run or pass the ball because Hunt can do both. But if you have both of them out there, you're automatically forcing linebackers or possibly even cornerbacks or safeties, depending on the, the defense that you're running out there at the moment, to have to account for both of them because they can both catch and they both can run it. So then you have to decipher, okay, is this going to be a run pass play? Is this going to be a pass play? Is he trying to get the tight end involved? Is he going to try and do a little screen to one of these running backs, Chubb on the right or, or Hunt on the left? Is Hunt going to run a wheel route or maybe a little in route really quick, a block and go? There's so many different options, and it's going to cause the defense, in my opinion, some issues. Now, is it going to work all the time? Absolutely not. If you keep just running the same thing, the defenses are going to figure it out. But if you throw both those guys out there and run different plays, I do think you can get an advantage at times. I would like to see them do that. Regardless, I think they need to rely heavily on Chubb to run the ball this week. Baker thrives in those play-action passes, and if they can run the ball and establish that a little bit, get that offensive line moving, pushing defenders back. You know, as you talk to any offensive lineman, yes, they like to be run blocking more than pass blocking because run blocking, they're, they're driving forward to knock the defenders down. Whereas in pass blockings, they're letting the defenders kind of hit them and, and they're trying to just hold them back. I think they need to get on the aggressive front, shoving that defensive line back, get the run going, you know, make those linebackers and everything creep back a little bit or maybe even jump up, you know, jump up into the box thinking to stop the run and then Baker can hit something deep to Odell, which I think would be huge, obviously. I'm going to go tight ends now. Hooper, I think, is going to get more involved now with Njoku on the IR. I'm still not big on Hooper being a huge part of the passing offense. I've said before, and I think... They brought him over here, not necessarily to be just a blocker, but because he is such a good blocker and it's going to help that offensive line. Again, Stefanski loves the outside run zone scheme. Hooper helps with that. I do think Cooper will get more involved, though, with Njoku being out. Wouldn't be surprised if we see Harrison Bryan out there a little bit more. We heard a lot about that during camp, how much they really liked him. Uh, he was surprising. He's definitely a really good offensive uh, tight end, a Mackey Award winner. You know, not an easy, well, not an easy award. A, one tight end wins it a year in college, and he won it. That's how damn good he was. If you're a Buckeyes fan, you know, you saw the FAU game against them. He still put up really good points and really was the only player on that team worth watching. Uh, so I think Bryant could get involved a little bit and, and can be a mismatch just like Njoku was. So I wouldn't be surprised if they use him. Uh, but outside of those guys, I'm not expecting much out of either one of them in this game. Just kind of go out there, do your job, be available if possible. For the wide receivers, I do think that they need to get Beckham involved early and often in this game. I talked a little bit about it on Monday. Not thrilled with some of the body language he showed on the field. Thought he was pouting at times, uh, but they definitely... 
I, I think you've just not been using him right. And I, I kind of made a joke that I felt like Stefanski's play calling was just a slimmer version of Freddie Kitchens. Beckham thrives on those slant routes and crossing routes. If you go back and look at what made him successful in New York was that getting him the ball in the middle areas of the field or, or quickly off the snap and allowing him to do work off the catch. He has not lost a step. He is still one of the best wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. I do think that he can still make great plays happen during and after the catch, but you've got to get him the ball. You cannot have him run in fly routes and nine routes every single play. Now, there was some that I definitely saw him coming across the middle. Definitely looked like some slant-and-go plays. Uh, obviously, the one big one that he dropped. Again, Baker did throw some behind him. There was the other one that Marcus Peters knocked the ball down because Baker threw behind Beckham. So they were definitely using him that way where Freddie almost never did. I, I would like to see more of that, though. Maybe line him and Landry up on the same side and you know Landry close in. Going deep and, and Beckham cutting across the middle, but Baker's got to hit him. And I do think if they do that, Odell can do do some work and, and kind of get in the groove here. You know, I think he, he's kind of handled it the right way from all the quotes and stuff that I've seen from him. I know a lot of people like to hate on him. I, I, I kind of staunchly defend him. And as much as I hated what happened Sunday and I did not like the way he looked on the field, I will defend him. And I think he's handled a lot of that adversity. Well, so far this week, you know, after that, again, you get all the rumors about them wanting to trade him and they don't want him anymore and all that crap. And, you know, I get that it's his job and you're going to be like, hey, you need to be professional, go out there and do it. But if that was you at your job and you had people keep questioning your performance and everything, it would get to you a little bit as well. And you can't blame all of that on Odell because he does have to rely on Baker to get him the ball. So I do think Odell has handled it fairly well. You know, he said, yes, would he like to get the ball early? Of course, but whatever it takes to win, that's what he wants. He just wants to win. And I honestly do believe that he's an ultra competitive person. I think most NFL football players are, you know, I I know if you know me outside of this podcast, you know how competitive I am and I am not a, you know, an elite NFL athlete. I barely, you know, do anything now with the amount of injuries I've suffered throughout my life uh, with breaking bones and everything, but I'm an ultra competitive person as well. That's all I want to do when I go do something is win. So times that a hundred for those elite NFL athletes in the NFL with Beckham, same thing. You know, I'm sure he does want to get his stats and everything, but he wants to win. He wants to prove that he is a good player. And so I do think they need to try and get him the ball a little bit more, even if that means, I don't want to say force him the ball, call a couple plays early on that are designed for him. You know, I'll use the, I technically live in Dallas at the moment. And something that's talked about a lot here is the same thing with Amari Cooper. You know, Amari Cooper, he's a really good wide receiver. If he doesn't get involved in, he kind of gets it to his head and, and you can lose him for a game. I don't think that happens with Odell. Odell definitely stays in a game the entire time. But they need to get him the ball early. Get him, you know, if you get him a couple catches and grooving, all of a sudden I do think you're going to see that swaggy Odell back. And when Odell is playing with that swag, that's when he is dominating. And I think that's what we need to see. As for Landry, I got nothing. Landry is a stud. He just needs to keep doing what he's doing. He has been great since he's come over from Miami. You know, obviously there's a lot of talk that they might move on from him and Odell in the coming years. I hope that doesn't happen. I've loved what they've seen out of Landry. They are paying him a lot of money, so it might happen. Uh, But he's been an absolute professional, the consummate professional since he's been here. And I think he's going to continue to do that. He he definitely looks like Baker's guy at times, and I'm, I'm excited to see what Landry can do. 
As for Hodge and Higgins, I mean, I'd like to see Higgins out there more. I just don't think Hodge is, is anything more than like a wide receiver five or six, so I don't know why he's getting play over Higgins. I'm not at practices or anything, so I can't explain that one, but I do think Higgins is overall the better player. I do think him and Baker have a really good connection, so I would like to see him out there more. We'll see what happens with that. On to our guy's six. I, I, I do think this is a big game for him. I really do. Uh, um, you know, I've seen some people saying, hey, he just needs to go out there and win. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, if he wins, everything goes away. I agree and disagree with that statement. If they win, it is going to change a lot of the perception. Now, some people will look at him like, well, it is just the Bengals, but hey, we're 1-1. One one. Do have a chance to go 2-1 and one with going up against a Washington team that while they did look good, I still think the Browns are better. So there's still a lot of opportunity for this Browns team to move forward. But if Baker does go out there and look really bad and still win, I think my eyebrows are going to be continue to be raised. I think Baker really needs to start turning it around, and this is the kind of game where he can do it and, and could be good for him. We need him to stop with the happy feet, go through his progressions, and just get back to that gunslinger type. And, and I do think I wouldn't be surprised if some of the stuff he's worried about is because he has all this nonsense in his head about, you know, is this the final year for Baker? Are we going to move on from him? Again, same thing. You know, yes, he needs to be a professional and do his job. That's not easy on anybody when your job is being questioned and threatened all the time by everybody around you. It's not always as easy as shutting out the noise as some people think it is. That is what he needs to do. He needs to go out there. He needs to shut out the noise. He needs to go out there and perform like he has against the Bengals in the past couple times he's played them. If he can go out there, have himself a good game, you know, I, I hate to say it, 300-something yards passing, couple touchdowns, even if he throws a interception, two interceptions, I don't care. If he can go out there and look like the Baker of old that we saw his rookie season, all it takes is, it's, okay, you've got that. You've Now you've got that on the books. You know you can do it against an NFL defense because while the Bengals aren't the best, they're still a good NFL defense. Now you transition a little bit that a little bit of that next week into Washington, a little bit of the, more of that into the Cowboys game the week after that, and you just continue moving it down the line. Maybe we can get that Baker back. I'll be interested to see what kind of play calling Stefanski has this week. I was not in love with a lot of the play calling that he had against Baltimore. Again, I'm sitting on my couch on Sundays, and he's standing on an NFL sideline. So you know, fair point if you want to criticize me for criticizing him. I, I am sort of Monday morning quarterbacking that, so I, I get that, and I still am a big fan of Stefanski. I still think he was the right hire for the Browns right now. So uh, I'm just thrilled all around to see what happens with this game. Um, I've been torn on where to go with this because I I don't think that this is a game where the Browns blow Cincinnati out. They are the 6.5-point favorites currently. Just going back and looking at it, I mean, the the Browns and Bengals play a lot of tight contests, and not very rarely do they blow each other out. Uh, You know, even going back to last year when Jeff Driscoll came in at quarterback when Dalton got hurt, it was still close games. I expect this to be a close game as well. You know, I, I don't think any of us are going to bed early tomorrow night. Uh, you know, hope with a you know three touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. I'm like, all right, the Browns have got this one in the back. I still think it's going to be a close game. Burrow is a very good quarterback. He's going to be able to make plays against this defense, in my opinion. Uh, and you know, if if Mixon can get running, it's going to be a long day for the Browns. But I do think they end up coming away victorious in this one. Uh, I've got them winning twenty seven to twenty. I think it's going to be a, as I said, a close game. 
Uh, but the Browns, I think, while the final score sounds close, I think the Browns, for the most part, dominate this game as I think they get back to running the ball. They play really good defense in this one. Uh, Burrow makes a couple big plays, but Baker makes more. Three passing touchdowns for Baker, one interception, I'm calling. One, I think, is going to go to one of the running backs as well. Uh, but I think Baker bounces back in a big way this week. Everybody kind of gets back on the Browns train, and then it's time to just focus up and look forward to uh, Washington in 10 days' time, which is good. I do I do like the fact, although it sucks a little bit in the quick turnaround from last week to this week, I do like the fact that already early on they get a little bit longer of a break, especially if they can come off a win. Obviously, I hope it's a much better win. You know, I'm, I'm hoping for like a 35-20 game, 35-17 if possible, but I do think that the Bengals will keep it close. But I'm still picking the Browns to win this game and slowly start to turn our season around. Again, I don't want anybody to panic. I mentioned this a little bit on the show the other day. The Browns do have a tough schedule coming out here early. A lot of really good opponents, and I do think that if they can make it into the bye week, you know, if they 4-4, four and 5-3, four, and three, even 3-5 three and five into the bye week after the Raiders game, they have a lot of winnable matchups after that that I still think they can make the playoffs. Obviously, four and four, I would still feel good. Three and five, I would not. Uh, but I still think even going three and five, they have enough winnable games after that. They could easily win out. I think the rest of those games, the Ravens will be a tough one, obviously. But I think they could beat the rest of the teams on their schedule. Uh, so I, I do think there's a realistic shot that they end up going four and four here in the first eight games. And that's not a death knell. And again, this is still an improving Browns team. You know, I, I was just on the Bengals pod with our, our, our sister show here on the network, and I told them, for me, I do think these first three, four games are going to be hard for the Browns because this is their preseason. We did not get a preseason this year. Their practices, they're not allowed to go full live hitting. So this is the first action they're getting every single Sunday. Last week against Baltimore was their first live action. This week is, you know, just their second week. There's not a lot of hitting and everything going on in practice, and that does mean a lot. It's hard to get your timing and repetition down when you're just doing walkthroughs. So the first couple games are going to be rough, but if the Browns can come out of that first week, you know, first couple weeks with a couple wins here, even if they're sitting around 500, like I said, come week nine, uh, going or going into the bye week at eight, at four and four, I still think that's great news for the Browns. You just don't want to be below 500. And again, even at three and five, I, I still think they've got a shot. You're sitting there at two and six, I think you're done, and then it's just almost. I would think at that point you're looking at Baker's been so bad. Are we, are we moving on from him? But I don't expect that to happen. I'm still on the Baker train. Browns pulling up, pull a big one here. I'm actually going to up at 31-17. That's what I'm going with. I think they're going to win this one big time. Not not a huge game, obviously, but 31-17 Brownies sticking with it. Let's go, Baker. Let's go, boys. Let's turn this shit around. We are a good team. We've been waiting too damn long for this to kind of give in like that. It's okay. We got our asses beat. Let's see what you got. Turn it around. Show us what you've really got. Get us that win on Thursday night, and we'll all be praising you guys as the kings that I think you guys can be in this AFC North. Enjoy the game, everybody. I hope that they work out for you well. Fantasy really quick, actually, before I get out of here. I would still not start Baker. Expecting a good game from him, but I've got him top 15 in my rankings. I do have Odell and Landry both in my top 24. Um, Beckham, I think right now, I've got him at 17. Landry at 23. So you're still starting both of them, I think. Uh, You can probably start Hooper this week, but I'm not expecting much out of him. I do think Chubb has a huge game this week. So obviously you're firing him up anyway. He was 
or second round pick, but I would go with him. Hunt, I'm expecting still a little bit of a downgrade. I think Hunt's going to get, or Chubb's going to get most of the work in this one. So let's go, Brownies. Let's get that win. And we will talk to you guys again, likely on Monday or Tuesday, hopefully recapping a Browns win. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready?